All right, so this is our first attempt at a kind of a new podcast effort for us. I got to tell you, I've been listening to podcasts since about 2004, and I always wanted to do a podcast. All right, and do we've it. done a couple of pokes here there at a podcast and have never really found a reason why, mm-hmm. but I have a reason why now. Um, as we're kind of moving into this summer in a study we're going to do, I wanted to talk a little more about the background of the study and the why yeah. behind the study. Uh, we're returning to doing a summer and Psalms study, which we've done several summers in the past and uh, wanted to come at it again in 2020. And so today I wanted to talk with you guys, because you're both going to be teaching in this series uh, about the Psalms, kind of orient ourselves in them and about kind of what the Psalms mean to you and why we would spend our time in them. Mm-hmm. So Kirk, you're with me. You're grabbing a Psalm in a, a couple of weeks here. Yep. Justin, you're with me, and you're going to be getting into a psalm later. Uh, if people are listening, they know you already, so no, right. I don't think this is going viral or anything like that, but we're we're doing this for our church. So uh, first question I just kind of wanted to get us into, pretty low-hanging fruit. Uh, I know you guys both have an affinity for reading the psalms, studying them, praying them. Why do you love the psalms? Mm-hmm. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Um, go for it. so... Part of it for me is that I'm still a country bumpkin at heart, and so I need... You're from Crane, Texas. I am Crane, from Crane, that's right. Texas. Look that yeah. up on the We're both country and, uh, bumpkins. We are, yeah. That's right. And so, like, I, I, I tend to have a limited vocabulary, um, but the Psalms really give me a vocabulary for worshiping God, a vocabulary for expressing my hurts, my pains, um, and a vocabulary for just what it is that scripture calls us to. And so for me, there, there's an affinity for it because it gives me language. It, it increases my vocabulary so I know what to say and how to say it in a, in a more articulate way than uh, just, you know, falling off the pea patch kind of well, stuff. Well, <laughs> well part, of the, part of the reason I love that is that <laughs> if you grew up in church, a lot of times you begin to take on a, a church language. Right. And uh, it includes a prayer language and includes a community language that a lot of times seems like it's polished up and it's cleaned up. And in some ways, it's actually reduced in its its meaning and in its power and in its integrity and its honesty. Uh, Because, and I don't know why we do this. I really don't. But for some reason, we we kind of conform ourselves to certain, certain words and then we just... We use those. Sometimes we don't even know what they mean. Right. And yet when you come to something like the Psalms, the language is so expansive. Right. And it goes, it, it touches on every emotion and every feeling a person could have mm-hmm. in this life yeah. and brings it before God. And so it teaches us a language, but in no means does it do what sometimes our church cultures do in reducing that language or just transforming it mm-hmm. into one kind right. of speak, but it, it actually opens us up yeah. mm-hmm. in a huge way. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. So for me, I have big feelings. You guys know that. My wife says that a lot. And that's always been true. My parents, if you ask them about my feelings, they know I have big big feelings. And as a guy, sometimes feelings are not valued in masculine culture. And uh, having big feelings can make you feel feminine, I guess, in some ways. And so for me, the Psalms, I mean, obviously David's a pretty masculine guy. But there, every emotion on the on the chart can be found in the Psalms in some place or another, and I I need that. I need to know that like it's okay to be a person who has feelings and emotions and experiences them. I think to go along with that, like it's helpful to me to know that you can come to God 
with whatever you've yeah. got. Because yeah. David does it all the time. It's got, I mean, all this different gambit of emotions. And God can handle all of it. Doesn't freak him out. Doesn't make him love you less and all that kind of stuff. And so David helps helps me with all of that stuff. So I guess in short, dealing with my emotions, yeah. Psalm does really Psalms yeah. does a really nice job with that. So well, and I think that's a, a great point is talking about your emotions and not feeling uh, okay as a man to sometimes express mm-hmm. that, but. Uh, using David as the example, or you know, even Asaph or other Psalm writers, that it is very masculine and it's it's holistic of the person to express emotions, to express these feelings. Uh, that's God has wired us with those, and when we use them appropriately, mm-hmm. we can actually glorify Him. Yeah. So and sometimes God, we come to God with the wrong emotion, yeah. and Psalms shows us that He can refine that. Right. That's part of what I, I love yeah. about the Psalms is that it it encompasses both our thinking and our feeling the thinking Mm -hmm. and feeling aspects of our life and i think a lot of times in our culture sometimes those are like oil and water Um, people are feelers or they are thinkers and those two things aren't uh, in union with each other Mm -hmm. and when you come to the psalms uh, all of these things were invited to be a thinking and a feeling people both Mm -hmm. Um, it's on display for us it's it's shown as an example for us a template for how to have honest emotions. And sometimes you find the psalmist angry Mm -hmm. and you go, oh, it is okay to be angry. And they're sad or afraid and you go, oh, it is okay. It doesn't make me faithless. It doesn't make me weak. Uh, I mean, the guy knocked uh, Goliath down. So Mm -hmm. if he can cry, maybe I can. Um, But those feelings aren't detached from having right thoughts. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes uh, the psalmist may come with these feelings and throw them down and then God begins to respond to them and begins to help him to see rightly, God is with them. Mm -hmm. I'm with you and I I feel your pain. I hear your pain. I'm with you in your pain and I'm going to help you work through Mm -hmm. your pain. And so one of the things I love about the psalms uh, is how they help us to think and feel with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you find that over and over again. Uh, sometimes the psalmist is bold and sometimes he's a little meek. Sometimes he's angry. Sometimes he's excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always, he just lays it down because he, he knows that God already knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows his mind. He knows his heart. And so it's a moment for him to just get all cards on the table, which is a little silly because we know that God knows anyways everything that's going on. But I'm going to be honest with myself about mm-hmm. these things so that I have the best chance in the world of allowing God to lead me in mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. yeah. So what's important in studying the Psalms? Why would, if someone was to ask you, uh, yeah, I'm new to reading the Bible. I see there's 150 of these things. Some of them seem like more poetic and I'm looking for this. Why would you encourage someone to study the Psalms? I mean, I think right now in our particular moment, I'm going to try to be sensitive to what we're dealing with, but um, when we come to God with raw emotions, sometimes, like I said before, sometimes those are appropriate emotions to feel in the moment. Sometimes they're inappropriate emotions to feel in the moment. And sometimes they're the appropriate emotion to feel in the moment, but we don't know how to respond to that in a way that honors God. And I feel like that happens all over the Psalms where David will come to God with like just either like I'm suffering my life is the worst and in the context of that psalm or that prayer 
God, you can see the gears turning in David's head and God guiding him to respond in a way to that that's healthy. Like with um, in cases of suffering, a lot of times God will turn that to sort of helping David realize some of the things he's got good going in his life, particularly God's presence with him. And by the end of it, he's praising God or whatever, yeah. right? And so, man, I just think we need that. Um, not just in the moment we're in right now with uh, racial reconciliation, but just in general and in um, a culture that is constantly dealing with sort of macro issues. And there's a lot of outrage about a lot of things. Um, I'm reminded of, um, not from the Psalms, but in your anger, don't sin, right? That's the deal. Like, so, so I think the Psalms instruct us in that. They're, they're, they're helpful in uh, helping us understand how to take an emotion and apply it to our lives. And one of the things I like about it, you mentioned, Kevin, is that a lot of times what you'll see is an emotion will be presented right off the top. And then through some thinking that God guides the psalmist through, you kind of arrive at a place by the end of it. And man, we all need that. I know I do a lot. So in, in the midst of all the things that are so unstable right now, I was talking with a friend this last week who, um, who was experiencing outrage and hurt and pain in, in an honest way. And, mm-hmm. and, and me as well, but more um, seeking to have compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I could do was turn to Scripture and turn to Psalms. Mm-hmm. And I just told him, I said, I don't know that I even know how to talk about some of the things that are going on in our world mm-hmm. right now. But I know God does, and so I'm sorry that I don't have words, yeah. but here's some probably words that would be better than anything I could come up with mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's this um, line I made a note of from Alistair McIntyre. Uh, he said, I can only answer the question, what am I to do, if I can answer the prior question of what story or stories do I find myself apart? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the invitations of the Psalms um, because it is so expansive in terms of the human experience, mm-hmm. loss and suffering, celebration and victory, fear and hope. All of these things are mm-hmm. expressed throughout 150 Psalms. But again and again, it's called into this grand story where there's a God who loves mm-hmm. humanity and who made humanity in his yep. image and seeks to be with and for the, the, the thriving of that humanity under his, his good grace and his good leadership. And so I think that the Psalms are so vital for us because in the midst of everything that we're facing, I need to know how to personally find delight in God's presence mm-hmm. in my life and his will for my life. And I need to be able to see the bigger picture of, of what God is doing and mm-hmm. where, uh, where sin has marked experience and what God is doing in the midst of that to bring redemption. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I think it is so vital in the midst of real life experiences to mm-hmm. study the Psalms. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Yeah, I would uh, similarly with Kirk. Um, you you use the the term um, instruct or guide mm-hmm. a, a few times, and that that's really what I need, uh, and that's what we need. We need instruction and guidance, um, and it helps us. The Psalms help us untangle our emotions. Mm-hmm. It helps us come to God, work through that, um, both through the power of the Spirit, but the written word as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I find comfort, and I think people could find comfort. Um, and being, you know, even, even David says, um, 
that instruct me in the way everlasting. And so that's what the Psalms do. It, it helps instruct us, guide us in the way that we should, we should walk. Um, mm-hmm. And so as we process our thoughts, our emotions, our needs, our desires, the Psalms hit everything with that. And repeatedly going back to it, we, we learn to, to untangle those, those feelings. Yeah. You talk about instruction. I think that's one, one thing that my, my first approach to the Psalms isn't seeking instruction, oddly enough, um, though it certainly gives instruction for how to deal with things right. in life. Mm-hmm. But like on the nose, there is instruction for how to communicate with God yeah. throughout the Psalms, yeah. um, both explicitly and implicitly. Mm-hmm. It teaches us how to speak with and respond to and hear from yeah. God. Um, talk about uh, any impact the Psalms have had on your prayer life, yeah. your your communication, your hearing from God. Yeah. In what ways did the Psalms teach you to pray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, several several years ago, um, I was just going through a, a season where things were hard, and it just felt like um, everything that that I would touch or was involved in was crumbling. And I, I went back to Psalm 13 uh, quite often, and it begins with, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Um, and so for, for me, wrestling with and going back and hearing this, um, I, I, I found comfort that, one, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There, there's uh, the communion or the, the community of, of believers and so not only have other people who have placed their faith, their trust in God mm-hmm. uh, struggle with this, but then I now have a, an opportunity to have, again, words to express it to those that I'm in physical community with. Yeah. Um, and so it began to uh, create discussions with me and, and those closest to me to, to process um, and then grow from my hurts and my pain and even even those feelings of, of frustration towards God because then I can I can go back and... Uh, do what verse five says, and but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. So it's kind of like it, it makes prayer more like having a real conversation yeah. with a real person, absolutely, than just a, a formula or a format right. or a template mm-hmm. that we've been instructed absolutely. to do because we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good word. I think for me, um, there's a pastor up in New York City, a guy named John Tyson, yeah. who. Um, made the comment that when you come to pray, we've already mentioned this, but you pray what you got. That's number one. And I think the Psalms are really good and have taught me that that's what you come to prayer with. They've been instructive in that way. But the other side of that is, is you pray what you've got. So right, you bring whatever emotions and thoughts that you have to God. But then it feels like there is an actual conversation happening, like mm-hmm. you said, in the Psalms that God has a say and how this prayer is going to finish, yeah. right? That there's a le- there's listening that's happening yeah. in the midst of it, and so I think the Psalms teach me, yes, bring what you've got. But um, I know in my prayer life, some of the more immature moments are moments where I pray what I've got and then I'm out, right. yeah, right, and that's the end of the prayer. But it's teaching me that when you come to prayer, you've got to linger or stay or remain or whatever long enough to allow God to begin reminding you like you said of the narrative that you live in that he's there that that there's a different way to think about this or a way to feel that emotion or think those thoughts uh, in a way that honors him or to completely change like completely shift your way of thinking or feeling 
Um, so I guess that's a piece of it for me is like the fact that the psalmist is constantly staying in prayer long enough to allow God to reform parts of him that need to be reformed is huge. That's I mean, that's, really helpful for me. That's good communication. I mean, that's your wife that's right. or your kids or your friend. I mean, what would it be like if, if when you and I sat down, I was just like, here's all the stuff I'm thinking. See you later. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't listen to you. Yeah. I didn't hear your response. I didn't allow you to engage my life uh, in a way. Um, it's, it's incredibly isolating. It's mm-hmm. the opposite of what prayer is intended to do. Yep. When I pray in that way, it doesn't help. It isolates me. It keeps me alone in those things. Mm-hmm. I just got to throw my stuff on, against the wall. Yeah. Um, but it invites us into, I guess, a more God-centered prayer, mm-hmm. going, hey, I'm actually talking with, with God. Right. And if I'm talking with God, I, I want to hear from Him on these things mm-hmm. as well, which I guess is one of the reasons I would encourage people to study the Psalms in regard to their prayer life is that it teaches you how to pray a more biblical prayer. Yeah, man, um, that's so true. And and in some ways, we talk about church language or culture mm-hmm. um, that we're that's formed in us. In a way, if we're praying more God-centered prayers, like we're having a real conversation mm-hmm. with a real yeah. person, and it's more biblical in nature, then it frees us from prayer boredom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced boredom and yeah. praying, yeah. especially if you have a thing that you've really been wanting or really been in for a long time and at some point you just feel like my goodness i'm kind of tired of saying the same words Mm -hmm. over and over and over again and then prayer begins to become devalued in your your life because it hasn't been this conversation there hasn't been listening there hasn't been Mm -hmm. a a right perspective of how to think about god or think about life or feel about god or Mm -hmm. feel about life so it frees us from boredom and enters us into something much more vibrant. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this goes with this discussion. I'm sorry if it doesn't. Oh. I don't want to go too far off on a rabbit trail. But one of the things I've learned about prayer in probably the last couple of years is um, because I have a tendency towards that rote kind of praying the same thing over and over and over again. If I'll pause on the front end of prayer mm-hmm. and kind of gather my thoughts get still it doesn't have to be 10 minutes just like for a minute or something and then enter authentically with where i am mm-hmm. and pray it's just a totally different experience yeah. it's been so helpful to me um because i, I did i don't know if that i grew up in a tradition or whatever i just grew up praying in a way where it's just like boom you just go right in yeah right and i think that's fine like there are moments where you've got big emotions and it's like god how are you like that yeah. cry out moment but one thing that's been really helpful to me is just like take a second to make sure that what I'm praying is actually what I'm thinking and yeah. feeling. Um, so I, like a, we have a friend who talked about wading into your day. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm learning is to wade into prayer. Yeah. Um, it tends to be a little bit more authentic yeah. for me. So, Well, you know, I'll, I'll jump to this. We're, we're going to talk about this in a minute. But yeah. uh, that makes me think about the categories of Psalms that we've been talking about in preparation for this series. The, the ESV Study Bible suggests... And, and you can look at this a bunch of different ways, yeah. but they suggest there's maybe nine different kinds or categories, types of psalms found in the Bible. Yeah. And collectively, they've kind of organized them that way in, in, in some different studies. But um, that uh, the psalms and that waiting into your day finds a, a pretty neat marriage. And mm-hmm. if I understand some of the categories of psalms, then as I begin to think through where I'm at in this moment as I turn to God, I might be able to then just turn 
to Psalms and read Psalms that begin to match the place that I'm in in this moment and then have some real instruction Mm -hmm. for how should I, you know, I I can throw my stuff out to God, but how do I posture myself? And and maybe what do I say? What do I say? I don't don't have words. And I think that's one thing that that we've all shared even in the last few days that there are some things that are going on in life where you go, I don't have the words. Mm -hmm. I have the feelings. And I need words to match the feelings in this moment, and the Psalms help with that. Yeah, yeah. they do. Um, so, so nine categories. Let me just read these out real quick. Okay. Um, and we're going to reflect throughout this Summer in Psalms series. We're going to do nine weeks in the Psalms, and each week we're going to pick one Psalm that represents one of these nine categories. So we'll hit all nine this summer. Uh, one is Psalms of Lament, and I think you're going to teach on that here in a couple of weeks. Uh, around troubled situations in a person's life, it can be individual or communal. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you take hurt and suffering and disappointment before God. Mm-hmm. Uh, hymns of praise that call people to admire his attributes and his deeds, his greatness and his goodness. Hymns of thanksgiving, uh, again, communal or individual, thanking God for specific things that mm-hmm. he has done. Uh, there are hymns celebrating God's law. It's a big celebration of what God has laid before us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to like Psalm 1, for example, uh, what you find is that Psalm 1 reminds us that God's law isn't that rote, uh, um, you know, religion must be followed in this mm-hmm. order if it is to be legitimate. Right. But actually, the word for law, he who delights in the law of God, is the mm-hmm. word Torah. Mm-hmm. And if we go to the word to Torah, what we know that to be is the, the first five books of your Old Testament, which are what? They are nothing more than an experience of humanity knowing and belonging to God. And so he who delights in God's presence and his leadership in their life is blessed, Psalm 1. So there's a celebration of God's law that God is with people, not leaving us to our, our, you know, our own disasters. He's with us and wanting to guide us and lead us and care for us. And we're celebrating that. Uh, there are wisdom psalms. That's one, two, three, four, five. Number five, there are wisdom psalms, which reflect the themes of the wisdom books. There are songs of confidence, which declare our trust in God in the midst of, of things in life circumstances. There are royal psalms that really point in two ways. One, to an earthly king, David, and his, his um, mm-hmm. leadership under the great Lord, but also uh, royal psalms that point ahead to the yep, coming king, the Jesus. Uh, then there are psalms that are historical songs, uh, psalms that look back to specific moments in the life of the people of God and use those both as declarations of God's presence with them, but also as lessons for their future. Mm-hmm. And then there are prophetic hymns which echo the prophets and call people to covenant faithfulness in the midst of what may come in the days uh, present or the day's future. Yeah. And so we'll hit all of these psalms. Now, here's what I would say people could do. If they're entering into prayer moments or study moments, mm-hmm. they might do, as you said, Kirk, and uh, pause, take account of the moment that they're in, the feelings that they have, the things that they've been thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, an idea. You could go, you know, I'm feeling lament in this moment. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I might Google what are some psalms of lament and just read some. Mm-hmm. That might help me orient myself, my thoughts and feelings around some language mm-hmm. that helps me to speak to God about the things that I'm feeling. And there, meeting with God and inviting Him to meet with me. Mm-hmm. Right? 
All right, so nine categories. We'll hit them all summer long. I think you're doing a psalm of confidence. Yes. And you're doing a psalm. So confident. That's your confidence. It's awesome. And a psalm of lament from Kurt, because yep. we know you to be a deeply sad person all the time. All the time. <laughs> so sad. The guy who can't stop smiling. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and then I, I'm going to hit some of these all summer. So let me kind of end with this for our time today. Okay. Um, so there's so many to choose from, and probably in season and out, this may move you know, for you. Uh, but do you have a psalm that is a favorite or one that you cling to, or maybe even for this moment? that you're clinging no. to. Go ahead. Well, um, Psalm 1 will always be my one of my top favorites. Oh, so I can't share so that no. one. You so I'm not, no, so I'm not going there because okay. oh, I, I know that you'll there. like so it. So there you go. Okay, um, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but one psalm that actually has been uh, standing out to me um, in the last year or so um, is Psalm 78. And I, if I remember correctly, it is a historical psalm. It, it kind of takes you through the history of Israel. Um, And it ends with talking about uh, David. And the last two verses, um, so Psalm 78, verses 71 and 72. Um, And it says, uh, well, let's go back to verse 70, actually. It says, He, being God, God chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob his people, Israel his inheritance. And then verse 72 is, is really what has impacted me. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Mm. And so the part of the reason that it has impacted me is one, David's example of what it means to be a man after God's own heart and mm. how to lead people. And then the application for myself as, as a, a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, is am I leading people with an upright heart as I shepherd them? And am I guiding them with a skillful hand, meaning that I'm always learning, I'm always growing, I'm trying to find ways to connect with people so that we can journey together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Psalm Psalm 78, verses 70 through 72 has really been an impact on, on my life lately. I love it. Kurt, cool. what about you? I'm going to talk about Psalm 1. <laughs> it's my jam. But can I, can I talk about one more thing yeah. that goes on my mind? I didn't get to comment on it. Um, I love how the Psalms... Um, remind me that I'm not crazy mm-hmm. or a bad Christian or whatever for going through seasons in my faith. Yeah. And like, even like seasons can change pretty quick yeah. in Christian faith. And you can see in the life of David that like, he's all over the place. And this is the guy after God's own heart. Yeah, that's right. Right. And like, I think it just brings me some comfort that like on days when I have doubts, it doesn't mean that like my faith is wrecked or ruined or you know i have highs and lows just like everybody else as a minister um because i'm human right and have a relationship with god i think too though that goes along with it we've already talked about it is when you have those moments psalms teaches us to go to god to not run away from him um and a lot of times he'll help you walk through those things so we'll get two minutes here and then our clock is out hit it psalm one psalm one i like psalm one always have because it's just a high contrast, big picture yeah. of what it looks like to be a godly man, right? You're attached to God's word. It's extraordinarily important to you. Meditate on it day and night and what it produces in you. It's New Testament. It's just fruit, right? You're like a tree planted by streams of water. And on the other hand, people who don't do it, they dry up and they float away. Yeah. And I've found it to be true that at least for guys in the ministry, you forget the Bible, you turn into chaff. Yeah. In a yeah. big fat hurry. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that's, that's why good, I love good it. Word. 
mine, uh, and, and there's been several, but Psalm 46, I, I always go back to, mm-hmm. and it's only because the language, like, he's our refuge and strength, the very present help and trouble. People remember that part, but then they, they maybe don't remember this part. Though, it's, though the waters roar and foam, the mountains quake at its swelling pride, there's mm-hmm. a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Um, jump down to verse 6. The nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. Guess what happens? The earth melts. <laughs> and I'm yeah, going, that. Yeah. You're kidding me. Verse 9. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bows, cuts the spears in two. He burns the chariots with fire. And that's what leads you into the line, cease striving and know that I'm God. Yeah, I'll be exalted among the nations, among the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. I go, whoa. Fun fact, yeah. Stand By Me was written from Psalm 46. Really? Wow. Yeah. Though the mountains may crumble to the sea. Oh, that's great. I love it. So cool. Fun, fun little fact there. Well, cool. Guys, thanks for your time. Yep. We're out for, for this one. Uh, we'll come back and hang again soon. I'm excited for Summer in Psalms. You can Me check too. it out, the reading plan on yep. our Facebook page. That's right. Life groups are doing Psalm 119 study all summer long. That's right. We'll be in the Summer in Psalms, and we've got a Spotify playlist that we'll send out this week for folks who just want to listen to songs about Psalms. There you go. Yep. That's awesome. Cool. Thanks for time. We love it. All right, Legacy, we love you guys, and we will see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, y'all. Bye.